Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONECURCITYCAST20. Oregon has seen a big increase in overdoses in recent years, as street drugs laced with synthetic opioids like fentanyl have flooded into our communities. But while we did pass laws decriminalizing drug possession in Oregon a few years ago, having the tools to test the safety of those drugs actually comes with stiffer penalties right now under state law. Today on CityCast Portland, we're taking a look at a new law the state is considering that aims to change that. We're going to talk with Dean Schold, the co-founder of the nonprofit FentCheck, about how greater access to $1 testing strips could help save lives. It's Tuesday, May 2nd. I'm John Notariani, in for Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Dean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You know, I think a lot of our listeners know about Measure 110, which uh, decriminalized drug possession here in Oregon. And they've probably heard about Narcan. That is uh, the drug that helps reverse overdoses. But I don't think that people have thought as much about test strips. Why are they so important? Test strips are absolutely critically important because it allows you to know what you're about to take. The people that we focus on are people who are doing cocaine or doing other drugs, and now there's fentanyl in those, and they're not expecting it. They're more susceptible to it. The test strips give you a way to actually figure out if fentanyl is in what you're about to take before you take it. Uh, so you don't have to overdose and use Narcan. We look at this as what we do is overdose prevention. What Narcan does mm -hmm. is death prevention. Yeah. And, and what's the cost difference between uh, a test strip and a dose of this Narcan? It is about a 50 to 1 difference. A test strip is about a dollar. Um, nonprofits can get a box of two doses of Narcan for $47.50. And if you then look at if somebody overdoses, we always train people, call 911, because Narcan has a half-life. It will eventually go out of your system. And you could re-overdose. So we're trying to get mm. people to always call 911. So the cost of going to the hospital, being treated in an ED, could be up to another $6,000. So mm -hmm. $1 can save all of that. I mean, it's just so crazy to think that these test strips are so much cheaper. They can prevent this unintentional overdose from happening. But they're actually illegal in Oregon, right? What, yes, what's going they on? are. <laughs> yes, they are. And we're working on that one very, very hard to make it legal. Because right now in Oregon, I can have up to two grams of cocaine, but I can't test it for fentanyl. And it is the most ridiculous story out there. And a lot of it came from, you know, there were only so many changes that could be made to measure 110 as it went through the process. But, you know, we did 
fall short of actually thinking about, oh, well, maybe we should be able to test these drugs that we're now allowing people to have on them for fentanyl. I mean, explain why it is that these things have fallen into a position where they're illegal. It goes back to 1979 when Mm, the mm -hmm. DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, created something called the Model Drug Paraphernalia Act. And Mm. that was so that all states could have similar laws around what drug paraphernalia was. So it defined what drug paraphernalia was. And Mm. Oregon, along with many other states, adopted that. So each of the states had that line in it, was to try and allow for prosecution of uh, people who were creating head shops Mm. way back in the day. And then they actually cared about testing for a substance to prove that it was there and to prove that that's what you were getting. Now we've gotten to the point where what we're using the test strips for is completely different. It is Mm -hmm. not to say, oh, how, how much fentanyl is in here? The test strips tell you if there's any or none. Uh, They Mm. don't give you anything beyond that. So we're using a different form of testing for a different purpose, but the law needs to be changed to allow that to happen. And right now, over 30 states have fixed the laws in various Mm. ways. Um, Places like Philadelphia, the mayor declared an emergency and said no one will get prosecuted for it as they were working through the changes. So there are alternatives. Oh my gosh. I mean, I do want to get into what Oregon is trying to do right now. I think that that's important for people to know about. But I I do want to talk a little bit more about your organization and what you're doing, uh, because you're trying to get these test strips into public places. And there's a couple of places in Portland where you can find them. Um, I, I know I saw them at Star Bar, which is a, you know, kind of like a rock and roll bar on the east side of town. And they're just sitting out there on the bar and they're in little bags with instructions of how to use them um, for free. Somebody can just grab it and, uh, you know, go into the bathroom. And if they're using something, test it and make sure that they're going to be safe, right? Yeah, our hope is that they, if they're going out on a Friday night, they'll come into Star Bar on a Thursday and take it. And we don't encourage them to test it right on in the bars. Uh, We know it happens. (laughs) The bar owners know it happens. But we also know that there are staff who will take it. If you think of who uses cocaine right now, it's not only people partying, it's also uh, line cooks who work two 10-hour shifts back to back to be able to pay rent. So there is a group of people who need the ability to be able to test. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like those are the people that are actually more at risk of a really bad overdose. Yeah, somebody on the street who's using heroin multiple times a day, heroin is an opioid, they have built up a tolerance to it. So they actually don't mind fentanyl because fentanyl Mm. continues to increase the high that they get as they build up more and more tolerance. The line cook who's never taken an opioid has no tolerance. So these people are some of the most susceptible and naive people. So what we need to do is educate them and we want to just normalized drug checking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, local law enforcement has said that they're not going to enforce this law that these test strips are illegal. So why is it that they're not everywhere, you know? Like, they're at a couple places in Portland, but, like, why don't more places just make them available? Um, What we're trying to do is actually get the law changed because owners of venues are much 
more concerned about what the law actually says in print. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got bartenders who always want it because you know they're the ones front line with the customer. They see what happens. They know what's mm -hmm. going on. Owners are the ones who need to be comfortable with it. Uh, and right now, you if you look at where other places we're trying to get to, them into, universities, schools, they're very reticent to do anything that is illegal. Um, and for a good reason, it is illegal. And yeah. we are so close to getting it changed, um, hopefully in the next weeks. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then let's talk about that legislation. House Bill 2395 uh, in the Oregon legislature. What's it going to do? It does a bunch of things. Uh, first thing it does is it really focuses on distribution of Narcan or distribution of any opioid antagonist. They want to make sure that that is legal and that OHA is involved in how that happens and making sure that we can get a lot of it bought and get volume pricing on it that should hopefully reduce the costs. So that that's one of the key pieces. And it also provides some coverage for school administrators, teachers to be able to actually use it on somebody who they think is overdosing from an opioid um, without written permission from their parents. Because when somebody is overdosing, oh. it's a little hard to get that written permission from the parents. <laughs> so you're saying that like a teacher, like let's say there's a, a college student or even a high school student that is having an overdose and that if a teacher were to administer uh, a drug that could save someone's life, there is a risk that that could get them into a lot of trouble right now. Today there is. And that's yeah. why HB 2395 clarifies that. The other thing that it does in this bill is it focuses on making sure that fentanyl test strips are no longer considered drug paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah. And and where does this law sit right now? It is in the Senate. It's passed the House. It is in the Healthcare Committee in the Senate. There was some questions that were raised that are getting answered. The next step would be to get out of committee and then continue the readings of it and hopefully get it passed. Mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. also in a state where it declares this as an emergency. So the law will actually take effect immediately upon being passed. And so, I mean, I think I can imagine some of the things that this law, if it passed, what it would change. Like, maybe we're going to see more test strips at bars and public places and, you know, schools around uh the city and around the state might make it easier for people to get their hands on a drug like uh, naloxone or Narcan. But what else? Like in in a future where this has passed and becomes the law, like how is it going to be different for people? I think what you're really going to see is hopefully a reduction in the number of calls to 911, the number of people who are accidentally overdosing, the number of people who die from mm -hmm. accidentally overdosing. So you're going to see a lot of reduction there. And in California, where we started this a couple of years ago, we can show that you know, our target demographic is dying less. It takes me a minute to wrap my head around how this has changed in the last several years with the rise of fentanyl and, and, and you know, certain street drugs being cut with other substances and the additional risk that that creates for people. But but at the same time, like there's a lot of controversy in Portland and in Oregon right now 
about drug use and about the impacts that the decriminalization that we've went through is having on the city. And I think some people would ask, like, why should we make things easier for drug users? Why should we make things safer? I think, you know, who is a drug user? Your Mm -hmm. child who gets a pill from somebody who posts on TikTok because they're having problems and they don't know how else to get a pill that will help them with either anxiety or pain. They're a drug user. I'm sorry. So our definition of drug user is not just the person in an unhoused area or on a street corner. People use drugs that they get from friends. They don't know where they came from unless it comes from a pharmacy and you know the pharmacy and it's legit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and whether it is safe or not, there are still a lot of people who are using drugs either recreationally to manage chronic pain or you know, even if you're not, a lot of people know people who are. So before these laws pass, hopefully they'll pass soon. But today, what should people do to stay safe? Assume that if you're buying something off the street, it has fentanyl. Mm. There are certain things when you assume that, that you would do. Don't take it alone because you can't Narcan yourself. It's too late. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do it with a friend. Make sure there is Narcan available. Um, if you don't have a friend or somebody there, there are hotlines like never use alone where you can actually call and they will stay on the line with you. They'll keep checking in. And if they get no response, then they will have 911 dispatch to where you are. So there are ways to be safe. Mm -hmm. We hope that that doesn't happen, but the overdose deaths are from people who either didn't know there was going to be fentanyl or didn't mm-hmm. know how much fentanyl there was in it. So it's all accidental. There are very few mm-hmm. people who intentionally ingest fentanyl with an intent to overdose. Well, Dean, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for all the work that you're doing to help keep people safe. We appreciate it. John, thank you so much. And uh, I wish you and all of your listeners the best and check your drugs. And now for your microdose of news. Oregon Secretary of State Shamia Fagan is in hot water after it came out she was making $10,000 a month consulting for a cannabis business. I mean, that's more than she makes in her day job. Fagan has now ended her contract with that business. It's an affiliate of the troubled company Lamota. Governor Tina Kotek, though, has called for an ethics investigation into Fagan's consulting work. She's also asked the Oregon Department of Justice to look into the Secretary of State Office's recent audit of the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission. Plus, Washington Governor Jay Inslee, he said yesterday he is not going to run for a fourth term leading the Evergreen State. He was first elected in 2012. He's only the second Washington governor to win three consecutive terms. He also ran for president. You remember that? For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. Well, that's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you told a friend about it. You can also rate us or leave us a review. I'm John Natariani, in for Claudia Meza. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. Slim's.